testing. One, two, testing, testing. One, two, three, four. That's so loud in your ears, probably. No, it's, it's <laughs> that is loud in my ears. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Colby, here with another uh, entry into this series that I don't quite uh, have a name for yet, uh, in our last episode with Colin. I called it L- Lil' Scary. This is a series of Lil' Scaries. Uh, so I'm gonna stick with that, I think it's pretty funny. I have another guest who uh, also happens to be related to me. Hello, Erin, my uh, older sister. Hello, Colby, my... <laughs> Youngest brother. Yes. Yes. How are you doing? Glad we're clear on the sort of the dynamic birth order and the <laughs> the pecking order. You're a big birth order person. So. I love birth order. You know this. I I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. I think it shapes our world. And Evan, Evan, <laughs> our our third uh, sibling, will eventually be a guest, but he'll probably be in the main series because he does actually like horror movies. Uh, I was going to say because he talks a lot. And he does. <laughs> That is, is another a good point. He does processor. like to talk. He'll be a, he'll be a good guest yeah, for sure. He uh, like Colby loves weird shit. Yep. So I mentioned that. I mentioned in, in our last conversation with Colin about how Evan definitely was kind of a big influence on me as far as getting into horror movies, but mm-hmm. surprisingly, Colin mm-hmm. as well because the, the movie we talked about, The Descent. Yeah. Uh, the first time I watched it was on Colin's DVD that he had that he, <laughs> that he left at our house while Jeez, he went to college. To yeah, come. I know. So so. I can't say that there's that same influence for horror movies with us, <laughs> but I can say with a lot of certainty that you have great film taste. Oh, thank in you. In general. Like, you you like really good art house stuff, really good indie stuff. That's nice. Um, and we've seen many movies together. and We have. That's you, true. I did also mention that you walked out of a movie that we saw together. There, in the, two Christmases ago, I walked out of a film at our favorite, one of our favorite art house uh, theaters in Atlanta, Georgia. And Colby literally texted me and said, did you leave the theater? Like you just got up and walked back, away. I, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I get it. It, it was it was a movie called High Life, uh, a pretty intense French sci-fi movie. I didn't know what to expect. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's in it. I thought it was an okay movie, but I, I understand based on, based on the things that Aaron and Aaron Wasn't saw. Horror, in that. Not horror. No, 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 no. But just, just kind of... So uncomfortable. Very, very intense uh, science fiction drama, yes. I would say. Also... I hate space movies. Oh, that's true. I forgot and that. I, I forget it. <laughs> and then we I see a space film and I remember that I hate it. Equally hate um, films like, even though I love like The Abyss, I, I don't like the idea of being super deep in deep ocean water. So it's the extremes. I think that's a, a valid fear. Mm-hmm. I, I have the same one. There's not a lot of things that are like actually super, super scary to me, but... The idea of being at, like the bottom of the ocean yeah. is top three for sure. Yeah, I think. But you would you also would have hated the movie that Colin picked for this last episode. It was uh, the Descent. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Probably good for your for your own mental health. <laughs> I would say it's very claustrophobic. Ooh, and uh-uh. uh, but that was last week's. Cool. We uh, the movie that Aaron uh, picked for us, which isn't is not a favorite movie of anybody's, but we, we're trying to pick the movie that affected you the scary movie that affected you the most Mm -hmm. so tell us what that movie is uh it was Candyman, the uh the original 
and I th- I had to fact check myself. Uh, Came out in 92. 92. Okay. And so this is super dating myself. Again, I'm, I'm Colby's my younger brother. I'm his eldest sister, eldest sibling. I think I was in middle school when this came out. Did you see this in middle school? I I must have because of oh where we were God. living at the time and the friends. It was a sleepover moment. <laughs> um, we were super sheltered preacher's kids, if that's not been clear prior to now. And we've all, you know, recovered, I think, nicely, frankly. Um, but I was definitely not supposed to be watching that. Never. Was, never would this have been okay in our childhood. Never. <laughs> um, even though, you know, I have to slide this in. I think as 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 children came along and as the years rolled by. Um, A little more less. Other people get got, got away with other things that I would not have been able to get away with. We don't have to get into that this time. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. That's heavy therapy. You know, whatever. <laughs> Yes, um, but, but if, if if you haven't seen Candyman or know anything about it, I'll read the little the little blurb just mm-hmm. to give you to give you a little bit of of context for it. Because we're, we're not going to go into like what actually happens mm-hmm. in the movie. That's irrelevant. You can watch the movie yourself. But um, it it goes like this: The Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, <laughs> is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a pretty funny description because it sounds super silly. Yeah. When you like the whole hook for the hand, <laughs> which looks and feels very scary in the movie when you're watching yes. it, um, <clears throat> I would say this doesn't do it justice. Yeah, I I would agree. I'm you know I don't remember a lot of the plot devices in the sure. film. To to be fair, like, but there were some kind of visuals and motifs in it. It, it I remember it being an actually really beautifully shot film. There's one sort of montage or of sorts that is it's dogs like german shepherds of some sort like being threatening in some way Mm. it's very like i don't know it's it's beautiful um and almost dreamlike which is a lot of the film definitely it definitely has a sort of surreal quality to it yes which is which is super cool and and pretty unique i would say for like early 90s horror movies Mm -hmm. like i don't think there was really much like this back when it came out I mean, we're not going to call it high art, but it had some arty moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the the motifs of not just the hook hand, but like, I mean, the bees are sort of overused, maybe. I will say, and, and this is one of those movies that I remember walking through like Blockbuster and seeing it on the shelf oh, and being like, this looks scary. This yeah? looks very scary. And I think, especially me, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was like probably five years old, mm-hmm. I stepped in a yellow jacket's mm-hmm. nest mm-hmm. at our house. And Vaguely. got like stung a ton, and it was super scary. Like yeah. obviously, I was I was a child, but so since then, this movie, seeing that cover as a kid in Blockbuster so many yeah. times was like, it took me a while to get to it. Once I was even already in horror movies, yeah. So Is the that, bee thing like kind of affected me. It was pretty effective for me personally. For real? Is mm-hmm. that where you got your super powers? <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> Is that what you mean? I was going to say something about super immunity or something because of the beat. I would say the opposite of super immunity. (laughs) Never mind. We'll edit that out. It's fine. Uh, First of all, I'm in charge of editing, so we'll see. I I did have a a thought. Well, also, this is going to be so annoying when you go to edit this. I'm I'm having a little after-dinner drink on some rocks that are highly melted, and the clinking is going to be very annoying when Colby goes to edit. Listen, the wine's been flowing tonight. Yeah, we've had... Some wine. Sure. Good wine. Because we only drink good wine at this point. Of course. Um, That's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> um, but tonight was good. 
Um, here's a moment that I, I think is interesting. Didn't make it necessarily scarier for me at the moment or more impactful, but again, the location was Cabrini Green, which were Chicago, downtown Chicago projects. Oh, I didn't realize it was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we lived in Chicago. I was born in Chicago. Yes. So, you know, there was some geographic proximity that sort of made it maybe interesting. That's interesting. I don't yeah, think I, I made that, that connection at that point in gotcha. middle school at a sleepover. However, thinking back on it, it made it a little more haunting. And since then, I think Cabrini Green at some point 10 or 15 years later in Chicago became like super fancy condos. Like they Ugh, sort of raised them and yeah, rebuilt. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what, I don't know how they're going to, uh, this, this reboot, yeah. which we'll segue into in a second, but I don't know how they're going to use location and have it still be relevant and current. That is interesting. I didn't realize all that. That's, that's, that's definitely something pretty cool to think about for the context mm-hmm. of, of this reboot that's coming next year. Um, but before we kind of talk about the reboot, no, 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 I, I think it's, it is really interesting that there is a almost 30 year later reboot, maybe, maybe sequel. We're not entirely sure that's coming out next year, but what I'm super curious about is what was the vibe in the room at the sleepover while this movie was on? Like, I can't imagine it was like a happy, happy type of scary movie experience. I don't think it was that deep. I mean, I think it was probably, you know anywhere from eight to 12, uh, you know, tweens. We were beyond tweens, I guess, at the, at that time. Maybe mm-hmm. 12 or 13-year-olds, 13 or 14-year-olds, maybe. I think I'm going to say 12 or 13, sure. solidly. Um, I remember almost everyone who was there, um, a number of them are, we're Facebook friends. <laughs> they're today. all listeners, so don't mention their they name. They'll all, know. They're, <laughs> they're big Cellar Drillers fans. Amanda Crockett, Kristen Knight. Um, Crockett is the coolest. And we're still friends. Nice. So, um, She's a badass. So, I mean, these were cool girls. Like, I was, we were friends. Were you, like, trying to blend in by being cool with watching this? I mean, I think, to a degree, we're not going to get into, like, the psyche of, like, no. being popular or not. Of course but, not. But, like, I I do think I spent a lot of my childhood trying to be normal because we were the we-don't-trick-or-treat family <laughs> from very early <laughs> That was on. mentioned on the last episode, definitely. <laughs> so, <laughs> We've talked about that. It's, it's, it's an issue for all of us, I for mean, sure. it's deep-seated, and they're... <laughs> There, there probably was some sort of minor uh, driver, let's call it, of I can be cool. I can deal with the spooky stuff. I can do or this. Whatever. <laughs> um, and I don't even know how we chose the movie. It wasn't even like a, it didn't seem like it was a long conversation. Your edgy friend was the one that was like. <laughs> no, it didn't even seem, it seemed silly, I think. That's fair. Time. It does come off as, as pretty silly when you think about yeah. it. But the but the movie is is more scary <clears throat> than it probably deserves to be. Yeah. For sure. What was the... How'd you sleep that night <laughs> after that? I think I slept fine. I'm a pretty good sleeper. Nice. Like, I'd, I'm not a big nightmare person. and But but later, I mean, I do... Th- I think, and this is... I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back with a level of taste that I, I probably did not have as a 12 or 13-year-old. But I do think it was more impactful to me because of the visual impact. Sure. Like, if it had been super silly and just gore for gore's sake or... Um, terrible effects. I mean, the, I don't remember how good the effects were. If we watched it today, we might be... I think they've aged okay yeah. for, for a 90s movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think the fact that it was... I I saw it at the time as being pretty well made made it scarier. Sure. It wasn't like... You, you could tell there was an effort put into this. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It wasn't just like a random slasher movie. It didn't seem like that at sure, least. Sure, sure. And it, it definitely... I think the... 
and obviously I don't remember a lot of the plot, but it kind of revolves around like the like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. If you say this yeah. thing three times, it appears and Bloody Mary will kill you. It's that same, same idea. idea, like all that same urban legend type yeah. stuff. And so, you know, I think that almost genre of urban legend is mm-hmm. perfect for like a tween, a group of tween girls. Mm-hmm. Cause those are the kind of people that are going to go do that in yeah. the bathroom. So yeah. it's like, there's that little good little bit of crossover for you guys in there. Like it almost makes sense that you guys watch this. Yeah, I mean it's the same crowd that like five years before that were doing like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Did you ever like, do that? Was it real? It, I don't think it was real. I mean, we definitely tried it. And I, I don't think <laughs> I think there was like always someone gaming it somehow. Ah, uh, like I'm gonna lift my arm right now. Did you ever do a Ouija board? I no. So. In all of the things that we were not allowed to do as children, that was, that was actually the one that I was like, "This might be real." <laughs> like, this and is I was legitimate. About it. <laughs> so, anytime it was even mentioned, that was like actually my hard boundary, and I don't have that many hard boundaries. Even then, I was sort of like open to experiences. Sure. Um, but that was one thing I was like, Mm-mm. "I don't think you could eh. have paid me enough money as a kid." To do a Ouija board for the same reasons. You felt like it could. It could I was maybe... like, there's a lot of things that we were taught as kids that you know. That's also true. That are silly, but can still be kind of scary growing up. This was one of those ones that was like not silly and no. very scary yes. <laughs> for us. This is a direct channel to the <laughs> yes. some vortex or portal of that you do not want to be a part of. And nope. we were like, okay, you got it. I'll stay away. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even <laughs> think I knew any friends that did it. No, I, it was I was scared to associate with people probably who were into it you know yeah but yeah so so this this reboot sequel quasi mm-hmm. thing is, is coming out next year directed by a black woman nia costa yeah. i think that's super cool because yeah. I, I was going to mention uh about the original Candyman. it it's one of the few like mainstream horror movies that has a diverse cast yes. of people yeah and horror is not a diverse genre mm-hmm. by any means mm-hmm. And so the this reboot is directed by a person of color, uh-huh. produced by Jordan Peele and yeah. Monkey Prop Productions. Mm-hmm. So it's even for that, like I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. I saw Get Out in theaters at, at North Dakota Mall, AMC. Nice, packed house, like opening night. Yeah, one of the best theater experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. And I do not enjoy sound in theaters. That's not from the movie most of the time. <laughs> added sound. Yes. Added, yeah. Yes. Reactions. Exactly. And I think this upcoming movie, assuming that theaters are open, we there there's a lot of assumptions that yeah. will come into play, assuming it doesn't get delayed, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think this would make for a great, great theater experience, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I would think so, too. And, I, you know, I'm thinking through this, and um, I think the timing, I would be curious as to when, you know, obviously these, even the reboots, um, they take a long time to green light and like it, the process of pre-production and even getting it to a green light takes forever or can take forever. So I would be curious about the timing given this is 2020, mm-hmm. given everything that's going on um, around diversity and inclusion and Black Lives Matter and the movement and equity um, and, you know, looking for justice um, as I'm going to say progressive people um I think it's really interesting timing because as I recall, now this is this would be interesting. We have mm-hmm. to go back and watch it. Yeah. I believe part of the Candyman legend, I think it had something to do with, if not slavery era, there... Like 
lynching maybe yes. some some form of of violent racism yes potentially i would not be surprised i think so and i mean remember like the hook hand mm-hmm. there was something related and i remember it visually being sort of like written on the wall in the film and so i might be speaking out of school but i'll we'll have to go back and look sure so it also is kind of even more ridiculous that we were like 12 white girls in like suburban <laughs> Chicagoland watching this film that Takes has place. probably a number of layers going on. And we're like, Candyman. So like, scary. Oh, bees. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's, I think there's a level, I, I certainly would watch it with a different lens now. Yes. Yes. And I think, yeah. I think that's, you know, a reason to go back and watch some of these older horror movies that, you know, might not necessarily be as scary, but probably have a, a good more, uh, cultural significance than mm-hmm. you would expect. Yeah. Like, I would go back and watch this movie and I feel like it would be pretty relevant yeah. to today's, all of today, basically, all yeah. the things that are happening. And excited that it seems like they're bringing at least some of the cast back. Yeah, the uh, the guy who plays Candyman, Tony Todd, kind of a, a legend in, in the horror uh, world. There were, I think there were two more sequels after the first one that came out and he's in all of them. Um, I think they got progressively cheesier. I, th- I have not seen the sequels, but it's safe to assume that they're bad. I think so. it, it um, went down several, you know, shark jumping, what have you. Yeah, that's the, the, one of the pitfalls of the horror of the horror genre. Yeah. A lot of sequels are bad. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so Tony Todd will be in the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward to in 2021, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be too uh, optimistic, but... <laughs> I'd like to be. I'd, let's try to be optimistic. I mean, How about that? Don't we, we miss theaters, man? That's it's one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. uh, the theater experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experimented a little bit with the with the drive-ins. I, I enjoy it. It's not the, not quite the same, no. but um, but yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll be able to go to theaters again soon. Mm-hmm. But what would you like to plug, Aaron? Oh gosh, to I, our to our many many listeners. I didn't prep for this. Too bad. I mean, I'll plug for you. How about that? Okay, you plug. Um, so. Uh, if you know me personally, you know that I talk about my siblings a lot, which means you probably know that Aaron is a musician, um, very, very talented uh, musician and has been for as long as I've been alive, frankly. Um, great songwriter, great singer, um, great performer. And she has been working on a recent music musical project. Um, you've released two singles, right, so far, mm-hmm. um, under the name Munitions. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's on Spotify, you can find them pretty much wherever, right? Every, yeah, every major platform. Wherever your music is sold. Wherever music is. Or sold. What does that even, yeah, what does that so even mean these days? It sells music anywhere, um, it's fine. But go check it out. Uh, really good, really good uh, vibey synth music, like cool. pop, really good stuff. <laughs> check it out. Maybe we can get her to do like a bit of a musical segment at some point. For the podcast. Don't make me sing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me. Um, (laughs) Don't twist my arm. She was singing during uh, warm-ups for this. And so I might make that the intro for this episode. That That was brilliant. I agree. And the listener will agree as well because they'll hear it. So um, (laughs) please go listen to her music. Uh, You'll you'll appreciate it. And if honestly, just shoot me an email. I can send you some of her old tracks. (laughs) From like high school era, so good. If you want to hear a cover of "Reflection," uh, yeah, by Christina Aguilera, relevant Which, again. It, so relevant, what? everything is full circle. I'm, so many synchronicities. I'm old enough now that everything is coming full circle. Um, also, I would like to plug the fact that I'm in sixth grade talent show. I sang "Shanice, I love your smile." 
cut that? I don't know if I can. I love your smile. And Shanice, I love your smile. It's a great damn song. And I did the spoken word breakdown in the middle of it. (laughs) What the hell? Please tell me you still know it. Oh, yeah. If you played it right now, I would know every word to the whole song. But I respect that. Anyway, it's a good song. Um, I can't say I know that song, but I would I would give all the money in the world to watch you do spoken word. I mean, Shanice. Or slam poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Shanice fits neatly into you know early 90s r&b girl groups that i love you know who was your favorite i mean swv probably tlc was big a little bit later they were yeah i mean all hail tony braxton she's the queen for you yeah that's that's the number one she's it period but like i mean jagged edge and you know babyface and a lot of that three three eleven later three eleven the the like ska band no oh god what what am I thinking? Uh, they're not Scott. They're like bad jam new no. metal. Yeah, that's not actually. That was a miss. Uh, you're a big fan of Amber by 311. <laughs> no, what is the. There is a R&B guy group. Tori, Tori, Tori. <laughs> Do you mean Tony, Tony, Tony? Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> that just made my life so much. Listen, it, it early 90s R&B Yiddish. is Aaron's thing. It became Yiddish, actually. Tora, Tora, Tora is actually what you're, is that what you're thinking? Yes. The the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, who is the R&B? Okay, you keep talking. I've got to figure out. Okay. Uh, let me vamp for a while. No, I've got to remember who the, seven, maybe it's a seven number. S Club 7. No, this is like circa <laughs> 94, 95. I mean, New Edition started all of it. Like, so let's start there. But that's an entirely other podcast should we start an early '90s R&B podcast? Just I mean, the me, the me and you. Probably, but we should not amplify our voices in that. No, I think we're experts. Uh, you are. I mean, you know all the words. You know all the words. I do know all the words. Which That's is a big, a big thing. Yes, and I can kind of sing it, but not like I can't do all the runs now. I used to be able to do some of the runs, but I think you can do all the runs. I have faith in you. If if you could picture us right now, I'm holding my ear and doing like a. <laughs> And with my left hand, with my right hand, I'm holding my ear as if I'm in the studio. And with my left hand, I'm doing, you know, sort of a vamp, twinkly. You, you might have a future as a mime. <laughs> Anyways. Goals. Aspirations and goals. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, our early 90s R&B podcast coming out <laughs> soon. I will let you guys know. Um, if you're on our mailing list, you'll, you'll it'll come, to your, come to your inbox. So. <laughs> Uh yeah, anything any final final thoughts on Candyman, final thoughts on Tori Tori Tori, Tori Tori Tori. Um thank you for for plugging my music that I forgot about. Um I do have Munitions has a new single coming out in November. Nice. Of this year. Um, Super exciting. That'll come out on Spotify and everywhere music is as we sh- shared earlier. Um Candyman, I think I would like to say Candyman had the um the impact of opening my eyes to things in a way that made me more interested in a lot of things, but specifically film. Um, sure. And, you know, I wouldn't say it like rocked me to my core, but it was, you know, it was scary enough. It stuck with you all this time. That's a better way. And that's, and that, it, yes. I think it says something. Yeah. You know, regardless of whether we think the movie's aged well, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. It's stuck with you. Like, yes. when, when I asked you about this movie, this was your first answer. It was either this or it. Mm-hmm. The miniseries, the of course. The original miniseries. <laughs> Which, if you go back, 
Spoiler alert, it has not aged very well. It, it hasn't. It, the, really, the quality was not great. Yeah. Um, but that seemed like one note. I mean, the, the clown trope is tired. It's done. Um, but Candyman, you know, yeah, it, it made a bigger impact on me, I think. Yeah, I think so. And and it makes sense that it would have influenced you, you know, in, fil- in film taste mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah. Um, so can't wait to see this movie, see the remake in theaters with you on opening night. Yes. I'll come up to Nashville. She lives in Nashville, so. Yes, I do. Or, you know. We'll go to the Belcourt. Shout out to Belcourt. Shout out, Belcourt. We love you. We miss you. I, I do miss Belcourt. For real. I feel we, I feel spoiled in Atlanta with all our great theaters, but I do really miss Belcourt Theater in Nashville. Either way, thank you, Aaron, for hanging out with, with me and talking about your movies and talking about your favorite early 90s r&b groups mm-hmm. and therapy a little bit there's a little therapy oh there's a, listen if there's we're doing so if we're doing this right there's a little therapy in every episode <laughs> so it. on that note thank you guys thanks bye